48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Todd Harding. The headlines. An infectious disease expert calls for mass testing of domestic helpers staying in boarding houses. The government defends its move to bring in mainland personnel to ramp up testing for COVID-19. And the US Secretary of State says Washington wants what he calls untrusted Chinese mobile apps deleted from American app stores. An infectious disease expert is calling for mass coronavirus testing on thousands of foreign domestic helpers staying in boarding houses after a maid contracted COVID-19. Wendy Wong reports. Dr. Ho Patlong from the University of Hong Kong says authorities shouldn't underestimate the risk of clusters of infections at crowded boarding houses, considering Singapore's devastating COVID-19 outbreak among migrant workers. Authorities are currently looking for 28 helpers who stayed at the same dormitories in one China and Causeway Bay as a maid who contracted the virus. A representative of the helper agencies estimates up to 6,000 maids are staying in dormitories as they await their visas to work in Hong Kong. Theresa Liu from the Association of Hong Kong Manpower Agencies told RTHK that the waiting time for the visa was as long as two months now due to the government's work-from-home policy. She said she barred several dozen maids staying in her dormitories from leaving and to wear masks at all times. Meanwhile, a helper employers group says helpers have been spotted flouting mask-wearing rules. Betty Young, the chairwoman of the Hong Kong Employers of Overseas Domestic Helpers Association, called on authorities to enforce COVID-19 rules on maids. She said some employers were under stress after their helpers insisted on leaving the house on their day off. The government has defended bringing mainland teams to help ramp up coronavirus testing in Hong Kong, saying there was an urgent need to roll out large-scale testing as soon as possible to safeguard public health. Vicky Wong reports. Since announcing that mainland experts would be brought in, the government has been plagued by concerns over the experts' professional qualifications and whether people's DNA would be sent across the border. In a lengthy response overnight, the government defended bringing in mainland help and not holding a public tender for such services, saying there was an urgent need for large-scale testing. It said all laboratories and staff involved, including those from the mainland, must abide by local legislation and statutory requirements. The government also gave its assurances that any personal data collected would not be sent outside Hong Kong. It also said it was inappropriate to reveal the fees paid to the service providers as it was still procuring more help. The government also revealed that as of Tuesday, a total of 215 people had been exempted from quarantine, which included personnel of the testing companies. It said the seven advanced members of the mainland testing team who arrived last Sunday had all tested negative 72 hours earlier. Labour Party lawmaker Fernando Jiang says the government isn't willing to spend money on elderly care and has a clear policy of leaving it to the private market with little regulation. He says many private care homes have meagre budgets funded by the welfare payments of their residents. More than a dozen elderly residents have died in the latest coronavirus outbreak due to conditions in care homes such as crowded environments and staff being shared between facilities. If there is a conglomerate of care homes operating under one owner, then these imported laborers, primarily from the mainland, they would be asked to work in different care homes. And they also live together. And their quarters are very crowded and situations could be worse than the subdivided units. So if there is one being contracted with the deceased, it would be easily spread to other workers. And because they work in different care homes, the consequence could be disastrous. 
Local MPC delegate Ipkwok Him is advocating for a provisional legislature with incumbent or former lawmakers, as well as opposition members, to fill the vacuum now that LegCo elections have been delayed by a year. He told RTHK that his stopgap LegCo shouldn't be allowed to deal with security legislation under Article 23 of the Basic Law. The DAB member said since the council would be interim in nature, it wouldn't be appropriate for legislators to exercise their powers in full. Mr Ip also said the four pro-democracy legislators who've been barred from contesting the elections should not be allowed in the interim council. US Secretary of State Mike Pompeo says Washington wants to see what he described as untrusted Chinese apps removed from American app stores. His comments come after President Trump threatened to ban the hugely popular video-sharing app TikTok. Sean Kennedy reports. Describing TikTok and the Chinese-owned messenger app WeChat as significant threats, Mr Pompeo unveiled what he called an expansion of US efforts to establish a clean network. He called them not only a threat to personal data, but also a tool for Chinese Communist Party content censorship. The Secretary of State said Washington would work to block various Chinese apps and telecom companies from accessing the sensitive information of American citizens and businesses. TikTok currently faces a deadline of September the 15th to either sell its US operations to Microsoft or face an outright ban. Mr Pompeo also said the US was working to prevent Huawei technologies from pre-installing or making available for download the most popular American apps while protecting sensitive information, including COVID-19 vaccine research, from being accessed via cloud-based systems run by companies including Alibaba and Baidu. China has accepted Ecuador's request to police the activities of Chinese fishing fleets found close to the Galapagos Islands. The agreement came at the start of urgent talks called by Ecuador after around 300 fishing boats, mostly bearing Chinese flags, were spotted sailing near the marine reserve. The top U.S. immunologist, Anthony Fauci, says he expects tens of millions of doses of coronavirus vaccine to be available in the United States in 2020, rising to at least a billion by the end of next year. But Dr Fauci said he didn't expect any vaccine to be approved before the end of the year. Speaking to the Reuters news agency, Dr Fauci said the fight against the virus was fully dependent on the availability of a safe and effective vaccine. Historically, if you get a vaccine that has a moderate to high degree of efficacy and you combined with that prudent public health measures, we could put this behind us. We may need to go through a season of it, and then by next season, if we have a vaccine, it won't be a pandemic, it won't be destroying the economy. But if we can get it to the point where we bring the levels so far down, then there would be very unlikely we would have to be concerned about it. More internal travel restrictions are being introduced in Australia from midnight tonight as the country battles to reduce the number of new coronavirus infections. Here's the BBC's Phil Mercer. Like compartments on a submarine in distress, state borders in Australia are closing down. Alarmed at a surge in COVID-19 infections, Queensland has already banned almost all residents from Victoria. It will do the same for people from the national capital Canberra and New South Wales. The government there is imposing tough restrictions of its own. Travellers from Victoria will only be allowed into the state if they fly to Sydney, and go into mandatory isolation. 
An influential indigenous leader in Brazil, Aritana Yawalapiti, has died of complications caused by COVID-19. The 71-year-old chief of the Yawalapiti people, who live in the upper region of the Amazon basin, had fought to protect the rainforest and the rights of indigenous people. In Brazil, the community says tens of thousands have been infected and around 600 have died. A new study has found animals carrying diseases that can make humans ill are more prevalent in human-altered habitats, from farmland to cities. Here's the BBC's Helen Briggs. The researchers say global changes in land use, such as turning forests, grasslands and deserts into cities or farmland, has created more opportunities for animal diseases to spread. They say human development of land drives out many wild animals but favours those more likely to carry infectious diseases, including certain rodents, birds and bats. And they propose strengthening surveillance for animals carrying diseases in areas where natural habitats are being transformed. People in Lebanon are blaming their politicians for the massive explosion in Beirut on Tuesday which killed at least 135 people, injured 5,000 more and made a huge number of others homeless. Lebanese officials have said the storage of some 2,700 tonnes of ammonium nitrate at a warehouse in the port was what caused the blast. The BBC's Sebastian Usher reports. The government has been promising a full and transparent investigation. It's told the military to put those responsible for storing the vast quantity of ammonium nitrate under house arrest. But Beirutis have been unimpressed, seeing it as another attempt by the political elite to dodge the blame for disaster. Instead, they're demanding full accountability. Many on social media have welcomed the generosity of those offering help from around the world, but have asked people to avoid making any donations through the government, which they now regard as terminally corrupt and incompetent. Meanwhile, an international court investigating the killing of the former Lebanese Prime Minister Rafiq Hariri in a bomb blast in 2005 has postponed its judgment in the case, which it was due to deliver on Friday. The UN-backed Special Tribunal for Lebanon, which is based in The Hague, will now deliver its judgment on the 18th of August. The BBC's Anna Holligan reports. The decision to delay the long-awaited judgment was made out of respect for the victims of the devastating explosion that rocked the Lebanese capital and for many brought back memories of the attack on Rafi Kariri's motorcade. On Valentine's Day 2005, four men with alleged links to the influential political and militant group Hezbollah were accused of conspiring to commit a terror offence, murder and attempted murder after a van packed with explosives was detonated as the former Prime Minister drove by the seafront. It was the first time terrorist charges were brought before an international court. Police in Poland have charged three people with desecrating monuments and offending religious feelings for allegedly hanging LGBT flags over statues in the capital, Warsaw. Prosecutors will now decide whether they will have to stand trial. The BBC's Adam Easton is in Warsaw. Statues of Polish astronomer Copernicus, the father of Poland's modern-day independence, Marshal Piłsudski, and Jesus Christ were all made to look like they were carrying rainbow flags. The activists said it was a protest against the homophobia of those in power. Prime Minister Mateusz Morawiecki condemned their actions, saying the statues symbolise values that are important to millions of Poles. In finance news, a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index stood at 24,692. That's 409 points down on the previous close. To currencies, the US dollar is trading at 105.51 yen. The euro is standing at 1 US dollar and 18 cents. And the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 17 cents. And now with the sports news, here's Atom Jung.
The major domestic leagues may have been completed, but European football is back with the round of 16 matches in the Europa League. Manchester United marched into the quarterfinals after a 2-1 home win over Austrian side Lask Linz. That takes United through 7-1 on aggregate. More from the BBC's Andy Barwell. English Premier League side Manchester United beat Lask of Austria 2-1 on the night at Old Trafford through Jesse Lingard and Anthony Martial 7-1 overall, United reaching the quarterfinals. They will take on FC Copenhagen in a one-off match on neutral territory in Germany on Monday for a place in the last four. Copenhagen defeated Istanbul Bazak Sehir 3-0 in the second leg, 3-1 overall. Shakhtar Donetsk defeated Wolfsburg of Germany 3-0, 5-1 over the year two matches and in a one-off last 16 game played in Germany Inter Milan beat the Spanish team Getafe 2-0 through Romelu Lukaku and Christian Eriksen. United's second leg win over Lask came 148 days after they had won the first leg in Austria. The competition was subsequently suspended because of coronavirus. United boss Ole Gunnar Solskjaer said last night's game at Old Trafford came to life after the visitors scored a spectacular goal to take the lead. Sometimes that happens at Old Trafford. You want teams maybe to score early on so you, you know that you've got 80 minutes to, to score uh, uh, yourselves. But um, no, good reaction. Uh, of course, it's difficult when they haven't played for a while, our, our players. But uh, we won the game and that's job done. The Montreal Canadiens are one win away from advancing in the NHL playoffs. Game 1's overtime hero Jeff Petrie came up big for the Habs once again. His third period shot from a tight angle put Montreal ahead and they went on to beat the Pittsburgh Penguins 4-3 to take a 2-1 lead in the best of seven qualifying series. The Chicago Blackhawks and the Edmonton Oilers are currently playing Game 3. That series is tied at 1. The Arizona Coyotes are also on the verge of progressing. They beat the Nashville Predators 4-1 in Game 3. Taylor Hall had a goal and an assist for Arizona. And the Florida Panthers avoided a sweep by winning 3-2 over the New York Islanders. And finally, in the NBA, the Memphis Grizzlies, who hold the eighth and final playoff spot in the Western Conference, were beaten 124-115 by the Utah Jazz. That means Memphis's lead over Portland is down to just one game. The San Antonio Spurs are two games outside the top eight. They lost 132-126 to the Denver Nuggets. And that's your look at sports. Thanks, Atom. To end the news, the top stories once again. An infectious disease expert calls for mass testing of domestic helpers staying in boarding houses. The government defends its move to bring in mainland personnel to ramp up testing for COVID-19. And the U.S. Secretary of State says Washington wants what he calls untrusted Chinese mobile apps deleted from American app stores. The news from RTHK. Retaining customers is key to business success. That's why there are always new gimmicks to keep people coming back for more. Even so, customers should not be introduced to products that are proven to be harmful, like cigarettes. Traditional cigarettes, electronic cigarettes, and heat-not-burned tobacco products all contain carcinogens. Don't be misled. Both vaping and smoking are harmful. Call the quit line, 1-833-183, to quit now. The symptoms of COVID-19 can be mild. Don't go to work or school if feeling unwell. Wear a mask and consult a doctor promptly. 
Ask doctors at accident and emergency departments, general outpatient clinics, private hospitals, or clinics for free testing provided by the Department of Health. Return the specimen to a designated collection point or use the door-to-door -door specimen collection service for a fee. Test promptly for early detection. On the Internet, anyone can publish anything. Even if it seems true, doesn't mean it is true. Even if someone is popular, doesn't mean you should believe what they say. So, take a look from different angles. Check the facts before jumping to conclusions. Try not to let emotions sway your judgment. When fake news goes viral, it can have severe repercussions. So, check the facts to keep fake news in check. Welcome to 